Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. Each week, we are going to share best practices, ideas, and stories from extraordinary educators to help you thrive. And this week, we are super excited to have another one of our extraordinary educators, Megan Mayer, on. And she is going to talk all about some cool stuff she's doing in her classroom. So Megan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like your name, school, city, grade, how long you've been teaching, all the things. All right. Hello. Um, I'm Megan Mayer. I am a sixth grade language arts teacher at Woodland Middle in Northport, Florida, which is part of Sarasota County. Um, I've been teaching for, this is my fifth year. They say that once you get to your fifth year, you're like almost an expert. So um, (laughs) I'm starting to finally feel like I know what I'm doing. Um, Yeah, I also teach um, one class of intensive reading, which is kind of my first love. I taught intensive reading for the last couple of years. um, So it's kind of one of my favorite classes. Nice. Can you describe your classroom in three words? Crazy, um, fun, and um, unpredictable. Sometimes, you know, you have a lesson plan and you see that it's not really working and you kind of just have to do something else. And other times they're like really into it and then you start talking and like, funny voices and every day is kind of something new and crazy so oh yeah absolutely the joys of middle school school. exactly exactly (laughs) that's I I was in an improv comedy troupe and I taught middle school too and I was thinking that that's the same thing because it it absolutely is is. because you're just like oh you don't understand anything I'm saying cool let's 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 back it up (laughs) exactly so what I want to talk to you about is how do you uh, view data, data, talk about data, um, engage students with data in your classroom? In my classroom, um, my students know that I'm going to talk to them about their data, first of all. Um, I pretty much look at their data every single day, maybe more times than one. Um, before we have our first diagnostic, we look at um, their historical data. We look at where they um, were at before, how they ended the year, kind of give them a goal for where I'd like to see them for that first diagnostic. Um, And then just every week we're looking at, you know, their pass rates. Um, Maybe we're looking at specific lessons and data from that. Um, It's definitely just a big part of how I teach. Like I do a lot of small groups and sometimes my small groups are based on my iReady data. Um, So it's a big part of my classroom. That's really great because I know that a lot of times I hear in middle school in particular, educators struggle having conversations around data. So can you give us a little bit more specifics? Like if you were talking to a brand new teacher, how do you, like what are your conversations look like? How do you carve out time? What are some of the specifics? And even from the beginning, Like you said, my students know, but they don't magically know. Like something had to happen for them to have that expectation of you. Yeah. Um, It's pretty much from like day one. Um, I, you know, let them know that even though you're in middle school, we still have iReady and there are some things that are going to be different. Um, Expectations might be a little bit different than what you were used to in elementary school. Um, But they just, just from that, from week one, um, it's pretty much something that I'll 
I give them the expectations um, up front as to um, what I expect. You know, I expect them to be passing a lesson every week with a 70% pass rate for the week. Um, I expect them to have their 45 minutes on task and um, just to be using that time very diligently. Um, I expect them that if they fail a lesson um, to take notes um, so that I can help them. know exactly where they need Uh, yeah I usually tell them take notes beforehand too so that when they do fail then they can look back at it um do you use data tracking sheets before the first diagnostic you said you use the historical data or how does the how do those conversations go um I look at the historical and I write it down um on like a little piece of paper kind of like a form that we have one of the teachers at my school created something so I write down what they did before and then I write down like a goal um which would be to be basically like grade level. So early six, if they're coming in as a sixth grader, or even like late five would be great um, so that they're still kind of on the right track. Um, And then just throughout, um, like when they're taking the diagnostic as they're finishing, I'll pull kids up to my desk and we'll, we look at it really quickly. And then we have another chat at some point during the week um, where I'll just kind of pull them aside. Like if we're doing small groups or if it's the last couple minutes of class or the first couple minutes of class, I just try to carve out that time to talk to each student. Um, I spend a lot of time on Fridays looking at data too. That's kind of been something the last couple of years where, um, most days are like really rigorous. I'm teaching bell to bell. There is no free time. But usually on Fridays, there's maybe like a 10 minute, 15 minute window where, okay, if you pass an iReady lesson, you can have free time. So that's a big motivator for them, first of all, because they want to play Minecraft. Um, But that also gives me time to talk to the kids about their data, especially the kids who might not have earned that free time. We can kind of have a quick chat of, okay, what's going on? You know, is something that I'm finding for some of my kids is they'll be failing lessons that are really low. Mm -hmm. And when you just kind of have like, I'm very honest with them um, about, you know, where I expect them to be. And hey, is this lesson too easy? Like we're in sixth grade. This isn't a late second grade lesson. This is where I already said that you were, but is it? Is this too easy? <laughs> um, and I've had quite a few cases recently where they're like, no, this is too easy. That's um, that's why I'm not really paying attention. So um, I've had a really a lot of really good conversations just around that. Um, just being very honest with them as far as look, this is where you're at, and that's okay. But this is where we want to be. And as long as you know you follow the expectations and. You basically do what I tell you to do with iReady. We can get there, but it's not just get on iReady and stare at the computer screen. So, um, yeah, it's just it's a conversation. Even last week I just had a conversation with a student um, who made growth on the second diagnostic, and he was really excited. So I'm looking at the the data, and then I pulled up the historical data, which is like one of my favorite new features on the teacher dashboard. And I'm looking at the last three years, and I'm like, okay, we're going to take a minute and we're going to celebrate the fact that you just made growth because that's awesome. Obviously, you worked hard. Okay. All right. That minute's over. Now, let's look at what you did last year and basically kind of showed him that you actually haven't made growth because you're lower than where you were last year. But because I, I, I build relationships with my students so they know that I'm not making fun of them, I'm not talking down to them. Um, I just want the best for them, and I know that they're not really giving 110%. And um, he kind of looked at me. He's like, yeah, I, I could probably try harder. I'm like, all right, so we're going to, you know, and then we kind of talk about his levels, where we can put you and um, 
now I've got him at a little bit of a higher level. So I'm excited to see for diagnostic three if we're going to make more growth than we did even last year. So it's just having those very honest and open conversations with them, um, not talking down to them and just having that relationship with them where they know that it's in their best interest. I love everything you're saying. And I love that you really were focusing on being honest and do the relationship with them. And you clearly have high expectations for them and you have a belief that you, they can do it, which I know that we've, um, Megan and I know each other because I was had the privilege of supporting her in her school as a professional development specialist. And it's and I know that Sarasota School District had a visible learning initiative. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that how that rolled out in your classroom or what you did with visible learning and um, yeah. John Hattie's research? Um, yeah, I mean for me I definitely just looked at um, all of the Right, the highest um, effect size, yeah. The best practices. Um, and just looked at what had the, the highest effect rate, um, basically. And I found that some of the things were things that I already do, which was like, okay, that kind of made me feel good. But then there were other areas I'm like, oh, I can do a little bit better. One of the things was um, definitely like that self-efficacy, that if students just have that belief that they can do it, um, that they can. So I think that's where data kind of comes in is showing them, you know. This is where we're at. This is where we want to get. And sometimes it's it's hard for middle schoolers to say, okay, I got a 409 and I need to be at a 470 because when they're taking that diagnostic, they can't really, they don't really have control over like a specific number. So I try to just um, explain to them more of let's think about how focused were you on that first diagnostic? And now let's think about all the things that we've learned over the quarter, all of the work that we've done in our small groups, everything you've learned on iReady. You know, look at your awesome pass rate. And now let's take all of that and think about how we're going to do even better than we did on the last one. That's so great. And we were talking at an earlier episode about the importance of setting high expectations, building these essential relationships with students. So it sounds like you are definitely doing that. So congratulations and thank you on behalf of your students. And I know that you also just, I want us to share a little bit, how do you display the data? Because we've seen some really cool bulletin boards that you've posted on social media. That's probably one of my favorite things. (laughs) In in a past life, before I was a teacher, um, I was an event coordinator. And I just, I love to decorate. So that's the one part of my past life that I get to bring to teaching. Um, That was the only part of it that I liked was the decorating. So um, yeah, with their data The biggest thing for me is um, I don't ever want a student to feel embarrassed or to feel left out. Um, Believe it or not, I was not the best student when I was in elementary and especially middle school. I tell my kids all the time, again, I'm very open open and honest with them, to a point. um, But they all know that when I was in middle school, I actually had to go to summer school two years in a row. I failed science and I failed math, not because I couldn't do it. I just didn't want to, uh, wouldn't do my work and, you know, the same things that our kids go through. Um, and I, you know, I remember similar situations where there'd be a class party or something like that and being left out and that feeling. Um, but I also know that not every kid can get something when they didn't earn it. So for me, um, my displays in the way that I do data tracking is I kind of break it down um, like week by week. So if ultimately, you know, the reward is like some sort of a party. So right now my kids are working on an ice cream party, but we just had a like a s'mores and hot chocolate party. I'll break it down to where the very first week you have to earn um, your cup 
then the second week you earn the hot chocolate, then the second week you earn whipped cream. It basically goes all the way up to like nine weeks or 10 weeks, whatever the quarter was for that time frame. And if they have passed the lesson that week and they have their minutes on task, their 45 minutes, then I will write their name up um, for that week. And they can kind of see each week, okay, I'm on this one, I'm on this one. So basically at the end, um, every kid is getting something. So I had some kids who, you know, only got some hot chocolate with whipped cream. And then I had other kids who got hot chocolate, whipped cream, marshmallows, a candy cane, you know, a full s'mores. Um, But nobody was left out. And it's kind of a good motivator, too, for the kids who didn't get everything. We kind of sit and have a chat of, okay, so you still, you know, got something and that was really cool, but what do you think you need to do next time to get everything? And what I like about it is, you know, they can see themselves up on the board, but they don't necessarily know who's up there and who's not. So I'm not a big fan of like sticker charts. Mm -hmm. Um, Tried that my first year and realized very quickly um, that that's an easy way to get people mad at each other because if you say, oh, if everybody gets so many stickers, we're going to have a party and you have one or two kids who don't have enough stickers and now everyone's blaming mad them. At them. Yes. So I learned very, nice. very quickly my first year that that is not how I want to do things. Um, and so for me with my data tracking, that's pretty much how I do it. It's kind of week by week um, so that they can see it. We talk about it on Fridays. Um, I don't write their names in front of them. I just kind of write it and I say, hey, when you get a minute, check the board. And then they kind of get in the routine of checking it and we make it fun, and sometimes it can be a little bit of a competition, but um, for the most part, they're they're really good about it, and it gets them excited. That's what I love about that. I mean, there's uh, where to start. I mean, <laughs> I love that they're yeah. building their hot cocoa. I love that everybody gets a starting point, and they get to earn more. So you definitely have a lot of places for students to grow and continue to progress, and you have students who can feel included. And I love too, like on Fridays, if you know we have if we have that little bit of free time and I'll have a kid who hasn't passed a lesson, they'll say, Miss Mayor, can you sit with me and help me pass this lesson? I'm on the quiz, and I don't understand this. And that gives me you know, that time, too, to sit with them and kind of maybe reteach something um, that they're just not understanding. So um, it's just cool when they care about it, too. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I think, too, the, the short-term or bite-sized goals you talked about each week, right? It's like I have five days and then it resets. I'm, I actually, I give, I give them the full week. I give them yeah. Sunday to Saturday. Oh. So they know Saturday <laughs> okay. night, Miss Mayor's so checking data. And I have had yeah. kids come to me on Monday. I passed a lesson Saturday night. It was at 8 o'clock. I'm like, oh, I checked it on, you know, at 3. So I'll fix it for you. It's okay. So, <laughs> But that's, and we, when we talked earlier about ownership and owning their learning, you are definitely an example of how to do that. So thank you for sharing that for sure. You ready for some silly questions? Sure. All right, here we go. So if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I've actually talked about this with my kids. It's like it's a toss-up between being invisible because I'm super nosy and I'd want to know like what everybody's doing and saying. The other would be like flying. It's a popular one. It's a popular <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah flying. Yeah. And invisibility yeah. was interesting. I have dreams that I can fly all the time. So I just, See, I just yeah. want to, I, I said this before, apparate. I don't want to deal with the flying part. I just want to be there. I travel so much. I travel so much. I just want to blink my yeah. eyes and, like, be at the location. All right, a few more. Coffee or tea? Neither. Ooh. I, I like caffeine, but I'm definitely, like, a soda person. Okay. I'm from Michigan, so I should I should call it pop. Um, I finally kicked my my regular soda, and I'm I'm on diet now, and I'm making the switch to the like all natural sodas. So I'm trying to be a little bit healthier. But. Uh, 
Uh, book or e-reader? Book. I like the feeling of the, it in my hands. I, I have an e-reader, and it's really nice for when you're traveling because you don't have to, like, carry Lug a bunch of stuff with books. you. Right, yes. And when you want a break, you can, like, go on Pinterest or something. But, um, yeah, having the book in your hand is something about it. Classroom supply you couldn't live without. Oh, there's so many. What's the first one that came to your mind? Something that is so different this year with sixth graders is um, band-aids. Like, I know it's not like a classroom supply, but I can't keep, like, I can't keep to keep them. I can't seem to keep them in stock. Like, every time I get more band-aids, they're disappearing again. It's a hot commodity. Um, (laughs) All right. um, Yeah, colorful expo markers are another big one. All right, and last one, what is your favorite thing about teaching? Oh, um, the connection with my kids, just getting to know them, hearing their silly stories about what their dog's neighbor's cat did. <laughs> you just sit there and go, mm-hmm, and just um, those aha moments. And I especially love, I'm probably one of the few people that I love seeing my kids like out in the community, um, especially when they aren't my student anymore. I just love hearing you know, how good they're doing and what they're doing now. And yeah, I just love that relationship with the kids. That's so great. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. But if you want more, we will include a lot of the awesome stuff in the show notes. We include links to some of Hattie's research, maybe some of the links to where you can find photos of this bulletin board we speak of. I think we had yes, a picture we'll of Megan's that. Yes, Megan's Instagram. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So you, can, you can follow Megan. I update Megan. a lot on there. Yeah. And then where else can people follow Yes, they can follow us on Instagram at myiready, M-Y-I-R-E-A-D-Y, and on Twitter at Curriculum Associates. So until then, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.